record a podcast literally hours before the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer drops. That's uh, that's typical for Kevin and I. That that type of process happens more than you would think. It's almost like these movie studios plan around our schedule. You know what I mean? It's like they they look at when we post our podcast and when we must record, and then they're like, you know what? Let's wait until the homies are mid podcast. Then we're gonna drop some bombshell news. <laughs> Shit happens so often. Uh, but homies, it is your boy Q here today, flying solo dolo. It's just going to be me here. And I'm calling this a shorty. We'll, we're going to see what happens here. There's a few things I want to talk about, all Marvel-related stuff. Marvel's got the most fi- uh, the most irons in the fire right now. And, uh, you know, for the most part, it's all pretty interesting stuff. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this. I just want to talk, you know, briefly about some of this. Uh, gonna do something here today that uh, we've actually never done on the podcast. Uh, we've done something similar to it, but, but never quite this. So uh, I'm really looking forward to this. And of course, uh, homies, the Patreoners are actually getting this uh, way early than you than uh, the, the, the non-Patreoners. So if you guys want to get uh, all of our content uh, as it comes out, then definitely be sure to sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash superhero homies. Uh, that way you guys can get uh, early access to all of the episodes we do. And you also better get access to all of our non comic book related content. And for example, in just a few days, Kevin and I will be discussing uh, the new Candyman movie. Uh, we are fans of horror, Kevin and I, and uh, in another dimension, there, there's variants of us who are like the super horror homies. Except that is way more difficult to say than I expected. <laughs> uh, but anyway, guys, yeah, be sure to check out our Patreon page. Uh, that's just another way that you awesome homies can support us. Uh, but the reason we're here today, if you cannot tell by the overly dramatic awesome theme song, is uh, we're here to discuss the uh, latest Marvel trailer, which there's been a lot of those recently. Uh, but we're actually here to discuss... Uh, several things. We're going to discuss the No Way Home trailer, which I know is like the the, the big the big daddy that everybody's been uh, clamoring about here recently. But we're also here to discuss the Eternals trailer. And on top of that, I'm also here to play catch up with the Marvel What If TV show uh, to discuss episode two. Uh, so there is a, a lot to get down to today. Uh, but what I wanted to do that's going to be a hair different was that uh, for these trailers... I'm actually going to do uh, kind of a, a, of a live watch on these trailers. On these trailers, so I'm going to play the trailers. Uh, I'm going to have the volume down on volume down on the trailers, so you guys may be able to hear a little bit from the trailers. But I'm going to pause periodically and talk about some of the things that are happening in these trailers. Uh, see if there's anything that I can pick up on. Honestly, with trailers, I typically don't have a very keen eye. So I probably won't pick up on anything that any uh, of the internet sleuths haven't been uh, been able to find already. Um, but there are some really cool things that are uh, worth mentioning in these trailers. I've seen the Eternal trailers a couple of times, uh, but I'm definitely glad to watch that one again to re-familiarize myself with what happened in the latest trailer. And uh, with the... Uh, no Way Home trailer. I think I've seen it uh, just a couple of times as well since it came out yesterday. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, we can go ahead and get into this, guys. So, Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. Before, uh, you know, we play the trailer and uh, talk about the going-ons in it, it is interesting to discuss, like, the surroundings of the trailer because literally, uh, just yesterday, as Kevin and I were recording our Shang-Chi preview episode, we uh, we opened the podcast by speaking about uh, the, the leaked trailer for Spidey 3 and about what was rumored to have been in the trailer because neither of us actually got to see the, the leaked footage. Uh, but then, of course, a few hours later, literally a few hours later during the recording of our podcast... <laughs> Marvel dropped the actual trailer. And now, see, this is interesting to me because 
I feel like Marvel's hand was forced in that. And I do sympathize with them because I'm sure, like, th- there's no way, there's no way that they wanted to release this trailer at that time. It doesn't make any sense for them. For them to release the Spider-Man 3 trailer now, when, first of all, the hype for that movie is already higher than 90% of other movies that are coming out this year. People, in general, are already looking forward to Spidey 3. Because Spider-Man is a very well-known, very well-loved IP. Because what happened at the end of Far From Home is a huge cliffhanger. We're all wondering what's going to happen with Peter next. And because everybody's familiar with the MCU. And of course, when I say everybody, I'm, I'm being... You know, a little, not not facetious, but, you know, I'm, I'm exaggerating. But, you know, for the most part, there's a large part of the population who are familiar with the MCU and who follow. And so there's a lot of reasons why Marvel could have held off on the trailer. But I feel like their hand was forced. There's no way they dropped this trailer unless something like this happens. And really, it's just them playing damage control. Some asshole Yahoo got a hold of the footage, the unfinished footage at that, dropped the trailer. Uh, it was not online for very long before Marvel shut that down. I'm sure that, you know, certain people were able to save it or whatever and re-upload it in other places. But, you know, Marvel, for the most part, did a really good job of, of scrubbing the Internet of that trailer with that unfinished footage. And... Then they probably put their their poor VFX artists and, the, and their poor editors to work actually finishing the trailer. Uh, and then they put out uh, the, the finished product not very long afterwards. So it was one of those things where you're damned if you do, but you're really damned if you don't. Uh, because if they don't, if they didn't drop that trailer, then what ends up happening is uh, that that leaked footage, that unfinished kind of grainy, you know, not high quality looking footage begins to to circulate again. And then you get people talking about what, uh, you know, their own thoughts and theories and all that. You you get the hype without getting the full uh, extent of what that trailer had to offer. You know, it's, uh, it's not the worst publicity, but it's not what you really want either for a big movie like Spider-Man 3. And, you know, like Kevin said yesterday, somebody got fired for this. <laughs> like, somebody lost their job for sure. Uh, the fact that this trailer dropped, uh, the leak trailer dropped the way that it did. Um, yeah, there's, there's no way that uh, Marvel's not putting heads on the chopping block. But with... Uh, Another reason why this trailer could not have been dropped purposely at this time is because literally just a few days ago, they dropped the Eternals trailer. And like a day or two before the Eternals trailer, they dropped the final Shang-Chi trailer. I'm like, come on. Like, it's almost, uh, you know, you're oversaturating the palette. And while I, I do point the finger at Marvel for dropping the Eternals trailer before Shang-Chi even hit theaters. Like, that's just, uh, come on. Like, you could have waited a week, two weeks after Shang-Chi dropped. You could have waited until mid-September before you began rolling out the actual trailers for the Eternals. But to do it in, like, mid-August, like, and when the movie comes out in November, I don't know. It's, it, it, I'm not going to say it was distasteful, but it was very inconsiderate of the movie that they should be promoting and pushing now. And you know what? And, you know, with the Spider-Man trailer job, it makes me feel even worse for Shang-Chi because now the attention is shifted even further away from Shang-Chi. And uh, for those of you who listened to our Shang-Chi preview episode, I'll go ahead and reiterate this. I hope that Shang-Chi is a smash hit. Like, I hope that this movie is amazing. Uh, I hope that, you know, the movie is so awesome that it gets people talking about it and that people remember, oh, shit, Shang-Chi, that's right. I hope it drives people to the theaters, man. I really do. Um, I want this movie to to, to do good. Um, now, whether it real or not, you know, we'll all find out in, uh, in a couple of days. Uh, yeah, so 
Releasing the, uh, the the Spidey 3 trailer at this point, clearly, and, and in my opinion, obviously was not Marvel's uh, go-to idea. This is something that they they were unfortunately forced into. Their hands was forced. Um, you know, either you either drop it at the time that you originally wanted to do it and you let that leaked, ugly footage, you know, circulate around the internet and... You know, let it, let it ruin the legit hype for the movie, or you try your best to get ahead of it by taking the shit down and and uploading a finished product, which is what they did. Uh, so I know that most of you uh, listening are probably here about the Spider-Man trailer, which is why, you know, I put the Spider-Man intro at the beginning of it. I always thought it was so dope how you know how like a, a a theme song can survive generations and in years and decades. Like that Spider Man theme has been around since what, like the sixties? Since Spider Man? <laughs> I mean, it's been around for a long time. Um, so it's just awesome that we get to hear more updated, modernized uh, orchestral versions of that song. But anyways, uh, so now we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and play this trailer, guys, and. You know, I'm like I said earlier, I'm going to take a few pause breaks here in between uh, to pause the trailer and talk about some things going on here. And uh, yeah, let's make it happen. Oh, look at this. This is a good one. Some suggest that Parker's powers include the male spider's ability to hypnotize females. Stop. Come on. <laughs> yes, my spider lover. <laughs> Can we just like stay up here all day? It is so crazy down there. So, just right off the bat here, um, I really like the tone of this trailer. Um, it has more of the tone that I like. I don't knock superhero movies that have that super lighthearted tone. It's just that it's it's not uh, it's not my favorite flavor. Like it's not my my least favorite flavor either. But it's not my go to. You know, like. I, I like my superhero movies to have a little bit of gravitas to them, you know, a little bit of weight. Like it needs to feel like, you know, like like something is is truly at stake. And I'm not talking about you know the the whole typical end of the world scenario type ordeal, but even just something is at stake truly for the hero. Um, and you know, I I thought that Far From Home, I thought it was okay. Uh, I didn't like it nearly as much as Homecoming. Um, I thought that Homecoming had by far the better villain with uh, Michael Keaton's Vulture. Uh, I thought that uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as uh, Mysterio, I mean, he, he gave a really good performance, but the way Mysterio was written, I thought was piss poor overall. Um, but I, I say all that just say that both Homecoming and Far From Home had a really lighthearted, jovial tone to it. And... I could only watch it with popcorn eyes. You know, in other words, I, I can only watch it as a fun flick. I could never watch it and, and with the same gravitas that I watched like the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man one and two, it just didn't give off that tone. Uh, it, it had, you know, the, the MCU films as a whole have a much light hearted tone com in comparison to, you know, uh, other films. But anyways, um, I just want to touch there on the tone and how it starts off with a more, uh, not grim, but a, a more serious tone, like, hey, shit really has hit the fan. You know, we can hold off on the jokes for now, and, and let's talk about what's really going on here. That's right, folks. Spider-Man is in fact Peter Parker. Listen, I did not kill Mysterio. The drones did. The drones that are yours. So there's speculation here <laughs> that in this scene, when Peter's being interrogated in the police office, that uh, there's a Matt Murdock sighting. Uh, that would be extremely exciting for someone like me. Uh, uh, for, for hell, anyone. I mean, we all want to see Charlie Cox come back as Daredevil. Uh, so any Matt Murdock sight, it's kind of ironic, you know. Uh, no one can see Matt Murdock in this trailer. Anyways, uh, Unfortunately, I don't think he's in the trailer. Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and, and say this. I alluded to, to some of this stuff yesterday about like some of the uh, rumored uh, leaked leak plot points. But um, 
rumoredly, Matt Murdock uh, is supposed to be representing Peter in, in some capacity. Now, I don't know if that's going to be more towards the beginning of the movie or more towards the end after, uh, you know, the, the shit that hit the fan has calmed down. I don't know. Um, but uh, I will say this. Some of the, uh, s- some of the rumors that I've heard, uh, I don't think quite gel with what the trailer gives us. So we'll have to see. Uh, I do still think that Charlie Cox is in this movie. Uh, I do still think he's going to represent uh, Peter Parker. And, you know, th- it's funny, man, because this is something that I've, I've literally been clamoring for since Far From Home. Like, if, I, if you go back and listen to our Far From Home review, you know, I speak about how it would be awesome if Daredevil or Matt Murdock shows up to represent Peter Parker. Uh, but then I kind of shot my own fan theory down because I was like, realistically speaking, it would be uh, Jennifer Walters. It would be She-Hulk that would represent Peter uh, in, in this case, just because of, uh, you know, not necessarily movie rights, but for simplicity's sake, they'd probably go with She-Hulk over Daredevil. Um, but, I mean, this, uh, I, I still have a lot of hope that we're going to get some Matt Murdock love in this movie. Uh, just not here in this scene, though. Um, I am curious to see exactly how he gets out of this, maybe because there's no concrete evidence that he is, in fact, uh, Spider-Man, right? Does any part of you feel relieved about all this? What do you mean? Now that everybody knows you don't really have to hide or lie to people. For the record, I never wanted to lie to you. But how do you tell someone that you're Spider-Man? Now everybody knows. But this isn't about me. This is hurting a lot of people. So I'm curious here um, about a couple things. One... Why is he still going to school? <laughs> I mean, like, for real, though. Like, if uh, some shit like this happened to me, I damn sure wouldn't go back to work. You know, I'd, I'd probably move out the house, you know. Uh, wouldn't tell nobody where I was at. Um, but but also, uh, you know, with this, I was wondering, so is it, like, a, a foregone conclusion? Like, is it a, a solidified or solidified fact that... Uh, that Peter is Spider-Man or is it just still kind of that speculation that, yeah, this guy very well could be Spider-Man. So I I don't really know exactly the the narrative here yet. And again, it's just a a tease. They call it a teaser. It's three minutes though. It's a goddamn trailer guys. Come on. But you know, they, uh, with this just, just being a, a, a trailer, you know, I don't have to put too much, you know, weight behind anything yet, but just kind of curious to see, what is exactly the uh, the mindset of uh, the people around Peter? Is it just a, a foregone fact that, yeah, this guy is Spider-Man? Or is it still just heavy speculation? I've just been thinking about how to fix all of this. So, Peter, to what do I owe the pleasure? I'm sorry to bother you, sir. Please, we saved half the universe together. I think we're beyond you calling me, sir. Okay, Stephen. A couple of things I want to point out about the uh, scene between uh, Stephen Strange and Peter Parker, like the, the beginning of their on-screen time together in this trailer. Uh, one, two of my absolute favorite MCU actors uh, are currently on screen together. Uh, man, you know, <laughs> I was trying to think about like some of my other, you know, favorite MCU actors who are currently still a part of the MCU. It's hard to top these two. It's top. It's, it's hard to top uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and, and Tom Holland uh, as Doctor Strange and Spider-Man respectively. I mean, like I, I am a big fan of, uh, you know, uh, Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie as Winter Soldier and Falcon. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Elizabeth uh, Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch. Uh, I really dig her as well. Um, yeah, man, I was trying to think, like, who else is still actively in the MCU that, like, is, is for me, like, must see. And I really think that's something that the MCU has been missing lately, like that, that real kind of must see uh, 
characters and that must that must see content. In order to have must see content, you do need must see characters for a you know superhero flick. Uh, you know, which is uh, just one of the few reasons why I was so concerned about Shang Chi and the Eternals, uh, because they're still relatively unknown IPs in comparison to uh, Doctor Strange and uh, and Peter Parker, Spider Man. And also, before I continue on, guys, I also want to point out that both of these characters are uh, curated by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Uh, two phenomenal comic book legends. Steve Ditko, I don't feel, gets the credit he deserves for all of the work that he put into co-creating Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, amongst other characters. Uh, but he has created two, uh, what I consider, two of the most iconic comic book characters of all time. And to see them both together in another movie, I think, is... Uh, Something that he would be extremely proud of. So, uh, here's to you, Stephen Stan. That feels weird, but I'll allow it. When Mysterio revealed my identity, my entire life got screwed up. I was wondering if maybe you could make it so that he never did. Strange. Don't cast that. Sp- no. All right. So. Um, this was also really interesting uh, as well. It uh, it walks on the thin line that I was worried about. Something that I mentioned a few weeks ago on the podcast. I don't remember which episode, but uh, I I alluded to the fact that um, with Marvel opening up the multiverse now, it's very easy to just write things off. You know, I compared it to how Marvel Comics uses the scroll or uh, uses uh, LMDs, life model decoys, to kind of write themselves out of corners. You know, for like, for example, in the com- in the comic book community, it's kind of like a an ongoing joke that whenever a a writer back in the day would kind of write himself into a corner or, you know needed a plot to progress a certain way, it'd be revealed that so and so was actually a scroll. You know, or it'd be revealed that, oh, no, that uh, that was a Doom body. It wasn't really Dr. Doom. That wasn't really Nick Fury that got killed. That was just a life model decoy. And, of course, some of it was carefully and, and thoughtfully used, but a lot of it just wasn't. Uh, a lot of it was just used to get out of a, of a corner. And uh, I'm worried that eventually that same concept will be applied to the multiverse because now, uh, really, what is death in the MCU? What does it mean for a character to die? I mean, listen, you can go and you can go and grab another Tony Stark, you can grab another Steve Rogers, and the multiverse is already explained to us through Loki and and potentially through the Spider Man movie if we get the other Spider Man that not all variants have to look the same; they can look vastly different from one another. Uh, so it's something that can be done as a very creative tool, or it can be a Weapon of destruction that will completely undo uh, a lot of hard work. So I'm I'm really going to need them, them being uh, the fine folks at Marvel, to not abuse the multiverse. That's that's probably the best way I can word that. Don't abuse the multiverse. Um, but uh, you know, so the reason that I say it's a fine line here because of course this is the part in the trailer where Peter. You know, says to Doctor Strange, uh, is there anything you can do to make people forget that I'm Spider-Man? And, of course, this is going to lead to the scene that we're going to get uh, soon where uh, Doctor Strange starts weaving the spell and, uh, you know, is Peter begins to muck with the multiverse, so to speak. Um, other interesting uh, side notes. Uh, why the hell is the... Uh, Thermometer broke in the Sanctum Sanctorum. <laughs> like, why is it? Why is it frosted over? Uh, very interesting. Like, you know, we see like Wong and and Doctor Strange kind of bundled up. It's like, what? What is happening here? <laughs> uh, just an interesting bit of uh, turnabout here. It's too dangerous. Fine, I won't. That the entire world is about to forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Wait, everyone? Can't some people still know? That's not how the spell works. 
So MJ's gonna forget about everything we've ever been through? Stop tampering with the spell. Oh my god, Ned, he's my best friend. Oh, my Aunt May should really know. Stop talking! Let's pause there for a second. I uh, <laughs> I, I really dig this because uh, I, I think this moment is uh, equal parts comedic and uh, and and serious. Like this, this I think has a, a comedic beat to it that doesn't detract from the story or take away from the plot. Uh, which thank fucking goodness. Uh, it's one of those things that works really fucking well, I think. Uh, you know, just the fact that... And also, can I say this as well? Just based off the footage we get from the trailer, it seems to me that the blame is squarely on both Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. It is both of their faults, the catastrophe that is taking place. Now, you know, in, in the realms of the MCU... Maybe the blame is more on Doctor Strange a little bit more because Doctor Strange is a full-grown adult. Peter Parker is a high schooler. <laughs> and on top of that, uh, you know, Strange's trusted advisor, Wong, told him, you probably shouldn't do this spell, bro. Uh, but Doctor Strange is apparently like, yeah, whatever, bro. Uh, yeah, I got you. Uh, I-, I love the uh, the hand gesturing of Doctor Strange while he's casting the spell. Like, it's little shit like that that I really dig. Um, so I think that was awesome. Uh, now, here's why I think it, it is also Peter's fault for what's about to transpire. If any of you are privileged enough to have access to a sorcerer, a voodoo practitioner, witch, warlock, whatever, any kind of magic user and or caster. And they are going to perform a very volatile and potentially dangerous spell for you. And you begin to speak during the casting of said spell. And they tell you to shut the fuck up. You should probably shut the fuck up. (laughs) Peter definitely should have shut the entire fuck up all the way up. That fuck should have been shut all the way up. (laughs) But again, to go back to Dr. Strange, you know, this is his fault. He should have thoroughly explained uh, what was going to happen before they got to this point. Like, there's no reason why it should have taken until the middle of the spell before Peter began to realize, oh, wait a minute, that means that uh, MJ will forget, uh, Aunt May will forget, Ned will forget. Like, that's not cool. Uh, so, yeah. And, and I guess another thing, like, is I, I don't know how Doctor Strange's magic work. You know, I, I don't have, you know, <laughs> access to any of uh, his spell books or any of his knowledge. But does Peter need to be in the room? Because if not, I would have had him wait outside. Uh, but he probably does need to be here. So let's keep it going. What just happened? We tampered with the stability of space-time. The multiverse is a concept about which we know frighteningly little. problem is you trying to live two different lives the longer you do it the more dangerous it becomes be careful what you wish for parker hello peter all right there we go. We just went ahead and did uh, the last bit in, in one big size chunk there. We get a lot of uh, Ince- Inception like uh, Doctor Strange 1 type uh, CG going on there with the city bending and, and physics uh, leaving through the fucking window. Uh, stuff I really dig, by the way. Um, the visuals in, in Doctor Strange 1 I thought were fantastic and how they uh, you know showed how you know, the 
the, the laws of physics bending to their will and whatnot. Uh, we get a lot more of that here in this trailer as well. And um, it, it's very unclear, and I th- obviously it's done, it's done purposely so, but uh, it is very uh, un- unclear and very ambiguous as to uh, who is directly opposing Doctor Strange and Peter in those moments, because the, the trailer leads one to think that the spell gets fucked up, something goes terribly wrong, and we see Doctor Strange and, and Peter, you know, plummeting from, you know, stories up in the air, and we see Doctor Strange, you know, seemingly saving Peter. Uh, from the fall, and then we, we go right into the train scene where the trains are kind of bending and floating in the air. Uh, it, it's unclear, like, who they're opposing in those moments. Like, is there a, an antagonistic threat here in these moments? Uh, it's really hard to say because, like, what's causing the uh, the, the world to bend upon itself as it is? Uh, and again, like, this being a quote-unquote teaser trailer is really hard to say uh, at this moment, but it's just fun to speculate. Like, is there any real threat at this moment here to them besides the mess they have to clean up? Um, now, obviously, once we get towards the end of the trailer, we see, you know, actual threats uh, that we all know and love. And we'll go ahead and get there. Uh, so... There's been people online who said that they've uh, spotted the Lizard Man or what they assume to be the Lizard Man. I, I still haven't seen him. Uh, so if he is there, he's very well hidden, very obscured. Uh, hopefully he got a design upgrade because I, I can't lie. And Amazing Spider-Man 1, I <laughs> I hated the design of Kurt Connors almost as much as I hated his plot. <laughs> I, I, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole, guys. Um, but what we do see, uh, is one of the green goblins grenades, as well as that cackle from Willem Dafoe. We all remember that. Uh, and of course we don't see him in the trailer and that could be for, uh, for various reasons. We could not see him because I mean, it's, it's Green Goblin. Like, you don't want to show too many of the iconic characters in one shot, you know. That could definitely be one reason. You don't want to show both Doc Ock and uh, Green Goblin. So maybe you hold back on one, and maybe they chose better to hold, uh, to hold back on uh, Green Goblin, but instead give us the grenade and the cackle. Or maybe it's because uh, they realized that as, as great as I think Spider-Man 1 is, uh the the helmet look for the goblin maybe isn't the best. Um, I didn't completely hate uh, the Green Goblin's design in Spider-Man One. Um, I, honestly, I don't think that uh, even in even in two thousand one when that movie was being made, I don't know if technology was quite there yet to pull off the kind of Green Goblin that matches the comic. You know, like I remember seeing online the animatronic mask that they were going to have Willem Dafoe wear and, uh, you know, seeing it online, just the mask by itself in the still picture looked interesting, but I don't know how that shit would have played out on screen. You know, like that shit would need like a heavy CG overlay, which again, in 2001, they weren't ready for. Uh, yeah, so it. It, it could be the fact that we don't see the Green Goblin because he's getting kind of a redesign. He's getting a facelift, maybe. Uh, and then, of course, the other money shot here, probably the biggest money shot in this trailer, seeing that mechanical arm uh, shoot out and, and hit the ground, and then seeing Alfred Molina's uh, Dr. Octopus. Fan-fucking-tastic. That was fantastic. As a matter of fact, I got to... Gotta give a round of applause. I give a round of applause for that because that that is just amazing. Uh, I popped for that moment for sure. There was a lot of really excellent things in this trailer, but they they actually saved the money shot for the money shot. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, Alfred Molina looks great. 
like I'm assuming that they used the same de-aging technology that they did on Sam Jackson and Captain Marvel. Uh, because Alfred Molina, he's, I think he's well into his 60s now. Motherfucker looks like the same he did back in 2004 or five, whenever Spidey uh, 2 came out. Uh, it looks great, man. It really does. And something that, uh, that I've been thinking about, and again, I'm sure that the internet sleuths have probably beaten me to this, but... He comes, and uh, the way that the trailer is shot, it looks like he's looking at Tom Holland, and, you know, he says, uh, hello, Peter. And, you know, uh, it's like, how would how would he know that that's Peter? Because his Peter would look different from, you know, the MCU Peter. But then it's like, who's to say that he's not talking to Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker? I think he is. Um, Again... This is just me being really hopeful and optimistic, but I think that he's speaking uh, to Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker, and I think that the trailer footage was edited to look like uh, he's speaking with Tom Holland. Uh, either way, this is really exciting. This is really, really exciting stuff. Um, I cannot imagine the NDAs that everybody on set has to sign for this movie. You know, just like Kevin and I were talking about yesterday, this is, uh, actually, no, we, we said this after the podcast when we watched the trailer finally. Uh, but this is like just a notch, just one level below in-game or Infinity War level hype and secrecy. Uh, th- this movie is that big, you know? Um, but... All in all, I think this trailer looks awesome. Uh, I think that uh, that this is going to be uh, a really, really awesome movie. Uh, this trailer alone has been very hyped for. It's you know it's funny even before the trailer came out months ago, you know Kevin and I we gave our predictions for the superhero movie rankings for the year. We predicted which superhero movies would be the best down to the worst, and Kevin and I both voted that Spider Man Three would be the best superhero movie for this year. And uh, this trailer just really reaffirms it for us. Absolutely. Um, unfortunately, this, unfortunately, this is going a tad bit longer than what I anticipated. I don't know what I thought. Uh, I am long-winded both with and without a co-host. Uh, so what I do is uh, we'll, we will go ahead and do the Eternals trailer breakdown. Uh, but we may have to save What If for another episode. I may just uh, double up on the What Ifs and do episodes uh, two and three next week. Um, I was really hoping to get to episode two today during this podcast, but, you know, such is life. Uh, But let's see here. Well, I opened up my phone, and uh, I'm hit with an alert that says, Tobey Maguire toy is confirmed to be real for Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, Again, who knows if this is true or not? Could be true, could be bullshit. Anyway, so yeah, let's pull up the Eternals here. So we can uh, take a gander here at this. Five years ago, Thanos erased half of the population of the universe. But the people of this planet brought everyone back with a snap of a finger. The sudden return of the population provided the necessary energy for the emergence to begin. All right, so right off the bat, this trailer is uh, like 10 times better than what we've previously gotten in in the like Eternals uh, teaser trailer thing or whatever. Um, I thought that the, uh, the, the teaser that we got for Eternals, uh, a few months back or a few weeks back, however long ago it was, I thought it was, um, extremely underwhelming. And, uh, I don't know if Marvel, I don't know if they overestimated like their own clout. Or, or what the case was there. Um, 
it just gave the feel that Marvel assumed that if it has their name on it, it's going to be gangbusters. But still, here's the problem. Nobody, and I'm, I'm being general, of course, uh, but most people are not familiar with the Eternals. They're not. And then the, uh, the trailer that we got, not this new one, but the one we got previous, that trailer really gave us nothing about the Eternals. And it didn't really tell us much about their, their purpose. Didn't tell us much about where they came from. Didn't tell us much about uh, their opposition. It just didn't tell us much. It was basically just saying, hey, yeah, here's a new Marvel movie. That's not enough. And it looks like Marvel has realized that, okay, yeah, that's not enough. We got to step it up. And uh, this trailer is, is uh, immediately better. Uh, so right off the bat, we see Sama Hayek, uh, who is portraying Ajak, uh, talking with uh, Richard Madden, who is playing Icarus. Um, traditionally speaking, if I had to assign a uh, uh, one Eternal to be like the main character, uh, for me, it's either going to be uh, Cersei or Icarus. Um, I've always thought of those two to be like, you know, Especially, I'll say I would, I would, I would lean more towards Icarus, honestly, being like the the lead, like the the leading man in uh, in the Eternal comics. You know, not saying they have to go that route here, but yeah. But right off the bat, anyway, we, we see Ajax and uh, Icarus talking, and um, you know, we, uh, we we get a little bit more right off the bat, more information about what the fuck they're supposed to be doing here, and I'm really surprised. That again, Marvel didn't lead with this because th- this is an IP that is. I don't want to, you know, stick on how relatively unknown they are, but again, that is important to mention because again, Kevin Feige knew how unknown these characters were before they did the rollout. Uh, so you just think that uh, ahead of time they would try to, uh, you know, try to uh, help the audience more understand about who these characters are supposed to be. Uh, a few months ago, uh, it was a few months ago, it may have been last year, uh, but some time ago, I got uh, the uh, original Jack Kirby Eternals Omnibus, and I've been slowly reading through that, picking that apart, you know, I've just been making sure that I'm, uh, you know, done with it by the time the movie gets here and whatnot, because I, I definitely needed to refresh myself with uh, the Eternals. Like, in previous to, you know, reading through that omnibus, the most I ever read about the Eternals was uh, uh, Neil Gaiman's uh, Eternal Run. Uh, I thought that was uh, I thought that was actually pretty solid. I really enjoyed that take on the Eternals. Um, and then, of course, in the, in the 90s, I believe it was uh, Bob Harris and Steve Upting, uh, they were doing the Avengers... And a couple of the Eternals really uh, made uh, standout appearances there, uh, specifically Cersei. So, but like besides that, that was really my primary reading of the Eternals. And uh, so when uh, the Eternals Omni dropped a few months back, uh, I was sure to pick it up because I knew I, I needed to read through that to really re-familiarize myself with who these characters are. But anyway, let's keep it going. How long do we have? Seven days. So seven days before some shit goes down. We're Eternals. We came here 7,000 years ago to protect humans from the deviants. Why didn't you guys help fight Thanos? Or any war, all the other terrible things throughout history. We were instructed not to interfere in any human conflicts unless deviants are involved. By who? All right. I'm sure you guys knew I was going to pause at this part. A <laughs> um, couple things here to mention. So again, I, I applaud... Marvel for uh, providing the audience with more much needed exposition 
concerning the Eternals and their role and, you know, uh, who they are, at least to a, a certain extent. Um, it is interesting. You know, a lot of things or uh, the thing that a lot of people have been mentioning is, you know, why haven't these all-powerful beings, the Eternals, why didn't they step in when Thanos was, uh, you know, running amok? And, and they actually address it here in this trailer. That's good. <laughs> and, you know, they say that, you know, we're only instructed to interfere when deviants are uh, involved. Homies. Thanos is a titan with the deviant gene. Which is why he's so much different and so much more powerful than the other people of Planet Titan. Let me say that one more time. Thanos is a Titan with the deviant gene, which caused him to be born with a mutation, which makes him vastly more powerful than all of his other counterparts. So, by definition, when Thanos does anything, the Eternals should be on their shit. <laughs> I, now, I know, I know uh, what a lot of you are saying. Thanos is, is not, uh, he's not deviant in, uh, in the MCU. And I get that. I'm really just picking fun. All right. But it is, I think, a really fun, interesting fact and ironic fact. <laughs> uh but also the other thing to, to point out here that is interesting as well is, uh, you know, they said that who, who's, uh, who gave you your instructions to not interfere unless the deviants are involved. And then we pan over and we see a shot of the celestial or one of the celestials. Um, now, this is uh, this is awesome because we don't get to see a lot of the uh, celestials and the MCU. Like, we saw a shot of the Celestials in a flashback in Guardians Volume 1. In Guardians Volume 2, they mistakenly said that Ego was a Celestial. Ego, the living planet, is not a Celestial, but whatever. Um, But since then, I don't think that we've gotten any more Celestials in the MCU. Celestials are, like, super powerful, all-powerful, god-like beings, of uh, imagine unimaginable power, and the Celestials—they are—they're responsible for essentially having sentient life here on Earth. You know, so they, uh, the the Celestials essentially created three types of beings. They created uh, uh, the Deviants, like oh, we fucked up. They created the Celestials. Uh, I mean, not the Celestials. They created the Eternals. Like, hey, do something with these uh, deviants. And then they also created the humans uh, being us. Um, and, you know, that's uh, that's kind of how, like, the whole hierarchy there goes concerning uh, the creation of uh, h- humans, deviants, and eternals. How they're all three created by the celestials. Hey, man, listen, even godlike beings get it wrong sometimes. Hey. Uh, but let's keep it going. We need to find the others. I haven't seen some of them for centuries. Hi. Hello. This is what the end of the world looks like. At least we have front row seats. You know what's never saved the planet? Your sarcasm. Pause here. Uh, one of Marvel's biggest challenges for this movie is going to be selling all of these characters to an audience in one movie. This isn't going to be like Guardians Volume 1 where you have, you know, a ragtag group of, you know, what was it, six characters to sell. This isn't, isn't going to be quite that easy. Um, hell, I said six. I guess in Volume 1 it's only five, huh? Uh, but anyways... Um, this isn't going to be quite that easy because you have more characters to discuss. Uh, and I don't really know how you successfully tell us 
about who all these characters are. And on top of that, giving us the lore for the Eternals and also the lore for the Deviants. I can go ahead and tell you this much right now. Um, I hate to sound like a negative Nancy, but like the Deviants, you're going to forget about those motherfuckers as soon as the, as the credits roll on this movie. I don't think the Deviants are going to have like any kind of significant role in this movie. I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the, the Deviants, hell, even in the comics, the Deviants exist literally to thwart the Eternals. You know, no offense to, uh, to Jack Kirby, uh, but I mean, that's kind of what it is here. And uh, we all know how, uh, how much Marvel likes to invest in their villains. Uh, that's more sarcasm here for you. But I, I think that they really have their work cut out for them in order to explain um, who these characters are, uh, what all they can do, why we should care about them. And then also give us villains that we should care about as well. That's uh, that's going to be a really difficult task for them to do. Uh, I think really difficult. Uh, also, the Deviants are a bunch of bitches, right? I mean, they had so many opportunities to attack Earth. And they were like, okay, uh, so Steve Rogers, the soldier lost to time, is literally lost to time. Check. Uh, Tony Stark is dead. Check. Thanos is gone. All right. Um, okay. Now is the time that we make our move on society. <laughs> God damn. Y'all motherfuckers are lazy. Love these people since the day we arrived. When you love something, you protect it. So it looks like uh, what I can gather from the trailer. It looks like uh, actress Gemma Chan would be playing uh, Cersei, and uh, Angelina Jolie would be playing Thena. And it looks like Thena's going to be uh, kind of like our main character here. Uh, that's also going to be interesting. Uh, Kit Harrington is playing uh, Black Knight. Uh, so I didn't find it. Uh, odd that uh, that he or Black Knight was in the movie um, but Black Knight is not an eternal so it is interesting how he's going to be an eternal here in this film but I mean again I guess you know whatever <laughs> uh, I at this point right now I really don't have the energy to care uh, I can promise you this much though uh, when the movie is close to being released Kevin and I would do another uh, preview star breakdown of each of the characters, uh, what they're known to do. A lot of the Eternals really share a lot of the same power sets, but some of them just kind of specialize in certain abilities over others. Uh, but a lot of them do have a very similar power set, uh, more or less. Um, but let's keep it rolling. Any of them. I bet you've built the perfect safe house. Well, what's this even made of? Vibranium? Fall collection. Ikea. Ike Harris broke that mass table. <laughs> Who was Brian Tyree Henry playing? I, I don't know. I don't look that up. Let's see. Brian Tyree Henry. He's playing Fastos. Okay. There we go. All right. Yeah, I have the uh, entire cast pulled up here now. Uh, Kumail Nanjani is playing Kingo. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we got uh, quite a, a lengthy roster here of uh, of Eternals. Yeah, interesting. Um, this would be a... Uh, man. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I do, uh, I really dig the cast for Eternals. And uh, I I feel, 
You know, it's it's interesting, man. Like as a superhero homie, I I do feel bad whenever even I don't care about a certain superhero movie. And you know, even after watching this trailer here, I just I can't find the energy to really care much about this film. Um Maybe it's partially due because the fact that like I, I'm not a huge fan of the Eternals in the comic book, but I think it's more to the fact that this looks like a watered down version of a comic book series that I never was really that big of a fan of. You know, it's it's like if you don't like Doctor Pepper, and somebody gives you watered down Doctor Thunder, you. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I appreciate the free beverage, but like, I, I, I don't even like the real stuff. Why would I like this? Um, that's kind of how I feel about the Eternals, man. And again, uh, I, I, and I, I do mean this when I say that I really hope that the Eternals blows my mind when it comes out. I hope that this movie is fucking amazing. I want to eat my words. You know, a, a big part of what Kevin and I do is breaking down superhero content and a lot of a lot of our biggest, you know, most uh, most listened to episodes are the ones that are based off of current movies or TV shows. That's just the way it is, you know. Uh, sometimes they're not necessarily our favorite episodes, but sometimes they are our, our biggest, most uh, downloaded, most uh, played episodes. But, you know, I say all that to say that we, we do want these superhero movies to all be fucking amazing, to all be great. But, you know... Statistically speaking, they can all be amazing. Like, there has to be some duds, unfortunately. Uh, I just hope that the Eternals isn't one of them. I hope that Shang-Chi isn't one of them either. Um, time will tell. Uh, unfortunately, like, I, I've maintained the same energy about the Eternals since is since it was announced, you know? Like, oh, an Eternals movie. That's really fucking weird. <laughs> Okay. And, um, you know, I will say this to defend my viewpoints. Like, for, for those who just love to bring up the success of Guardians of the Galaxy in response to the criticism of Marvel making an Eternals movie, I gotta say, uh, Guardians was made at a time when Marvel only had the rights to so many properties. At that time, the MCU could not make a Spider Man movie. Hell, technically, they still can't. They make those movies with Sony. Uh, you know, Marvel could not make an X-Men film. They did not have the rights to the Fantastic Four. They did not have the rights. Uh, at that point, they didn't even have the rights yet to Daredevil or to Ghost Rider or to Blade. Uh, they were still trying. They were about to acquire the rights to those characters again. Uh, but what I'm getting at is that their their talent pool was pretty fucking shallow. And with something like the Guardians of the Galaxy while they may have been very obscure to like the common audience in 2014 Guardians of the Galaxy was still pretty fucking big amongst the comic book community simply because they were coming off the heels of uh, the amazing run by uh, Andy Lanning and, and Dan Abnett. Uh, you know, that was back in like Oh six. And that, that ran uh, that Marvel cosmic ran ran for quite some time. And it was very fucking good. Very fucking good. And that's when we got to see the incarnation of the Guardians of the Galaxy that James Gunn used in those movies. Um, I know that I'm rambling like a madman, but I still have that to say that, you know, just because lightning struck once in a scenario where lightning was made to strike doesn't mean that it's going to do it again. I hope so. I hope so. But to me, Marvel making an Eternals movie when they they have the rights to so many other characters, so many other more interesting characters. It just, to me, feels like the, uh, the, the, the layout, the formula for making a superhero movie, as far as choosing which one to make, should be, to an extent, way more simpler. I mean, I know that Marvel, that the MCU doesn't particularly cater to the comic book fan base. No superhero company does anymore. Uh, we, we are like, you know, we're, we're an afterthought, you know, if, if you read comics, th these movies aren't exactly made for you. And that's just the unfortunate truth of it. But that that is still a, a pretty, a, a pretty good indicator of 
maybe what you should focus on next. You know, like, I mean, if, uh, for example, like if Batman wasn't one of the, constantly one of the highest selling comic book, uh, comic books, then I can guarantee you WB over the decades would not have made several different Batman movies before touching another property. They would have made something else and given Batman a long fucking break. Um, but you know, when I think about like, you know, the, the IPs that Marvel can make versus the ones that they are making, it becomes clear that like nobody's paying attention over there to the comics. Uh, with all due respect, I, I'm not going to call any names here in this podcast because I'm sure that there's fans uh, of certain comic book characters who I could call out, but Marvel right now, they're putting their focus on characters that sell like dog shit in the comics. They're focusing on characters who nobody reads. Like, moving forward, the the new characters who they're introducing and bringing in are some of the most non-popular, non-caring characters uh, that Marvel Comics has produced in quite some time. Uh, Kevin and I, we, we may one day do an episode on all new, all different Marvel and how that was a colossal fucking failure. Uh, and uh, the, the, the long and short of it is all new, all different Marvel was Marvel's attempt to essentially phase out the legacy characters and to replace them with derivative versions of those legacy characters. So, you know, for example, instead of Thor, you got Lady Thor. Instead of uh, Spider-Man, you got Miles Morales. Instead of Iron Man, you got Riri Williams. You got Kamala Khan. Instead of Hulk, you got Totally Awesome Hulk. You know, like it it was their attempt to really... Marvel Comics and, and DC Comics for years have been trying to appeal to this young, hip fan base. But in reality they've only isolated the people who buy comics instead of appealing to the people uh, who read comics. So this has been a very uh, frustrating uh, few years as a comic book fan to see the turn that uh, the comic book industry and that the comic book movie industry has been taking. Um, but hey, like sometimes the reason why Kevin and I are able to like make the wide predictions that we do and they're able to you know come out true is because we can see the writing on the wall. Uh, but that is enough of my ramblings. Uh, I want to close with this though. Uh, I I really do hope that the Eternals film is great. Um, it could turn out to be phenomenal, but as of now, even with this new trailer, which thankfully is way better than the uh, original trailer. Uh, it still doesn't give me a lot of a lot to be excited about. Um, again, other than the cast, I think that the cast is really good. Uh, but uh, I, I I don't think that anyone at Marvel knows enough or cares enough about the Eternals to try to do it right, and I don't think that there's a lot of creative energy put behind it. That's that's just kind of the vibe that I'm getting, and. Uh, you know, as far as uh, Spider-Man goes, uh, I kind of have the opposite feeling. Like, <laughs> Spider-Man looks like it's going to be fucking awesome. And I think, that's, I think that is the best way for Marvel to end the year. Uh, I think Spider-Man 3 is going to be amazing. If the movie is as good as the trailer, then Spider-Man 3, uh, I think, will be the best superhero movie of the year. But that is all I have for this one, homies. Uh, I know I said I was going to cover... Uh, what if episode two, uh, I was really looking forward to covering that one. Uh, but I wanted to keep this one somewhat brief, so I'm going to wrap it up here, but, uh, next week I'll, I'll cover, uh, episodes two and three together. And again, guys, if you want to get these episodes as soon as they come out, then, uh, be sure to sign up for Patreon. Uh, all the Patreons are able to get access to this content as soon as it drops. Uh, so if you guys want to get those bonus episodes early, uh, just go to patreon.com bachelor superhero homies. And for uh, $3 or less per month, you guys can get access to all this awesome ass content. Uh, we can guarantee you that we're making it worth your, worth your while and, and your hard earned money. Uh, but thank you guys again for listening in. That will be all for now. This is your boy, superhero homie Q signing out. I will see you guys 
next time.